A good day by me is one where my abuser has chosen to ignore my presence. Today is what I consider a good day. He is sprawled on his couch watching sports on the TV and occasionally moving to endlessly scroll on his phone or download music on his MacBook. I am sitting on my couch, choosing the corner that is as far away from his as possible, watching movies on my laptop and occasionally checking my phone. I've spent the last month or so choosing to ignore the behaviour. That is my coping mechanism this month. It has worked really well so far, apart from the night he pulled my laptop out of my hand so hard that it ripped my skin open. But that's a story for another day. But there's only so long one can continue to ignore a problem. Imagine a large jug in which water is being poured. You get momentarily distracted yet forget to stop pouring. While you're looking away, the water continues to flow until it eventually spills over the sides, no longer able to contain any more liquid. Suddenly, I became extremely aware of his breathing. The fact that he's a presence in this room, in my life, suddenly becomes too much to bear. Everything he's put me through for the last three years flashes through my mind. How dare he? It begins with shaking. My whole body seems no longer able to contain the anger and pain inside of it. I feel the rage burning up within me. It starts at my feet and works its way up my body, paying particular attention to my stomach, which is already weak from years of anxiety. My body starts to convulse. I try my hardest to ignore it, to fight it, to calm myself and begin to think rationally again, to just go back to ignoring. Then. A thought enters my head completely from nowhere. It's okay, the thought says. You can make this all go away right now. All you have to do is get up, go to the kitchen, grab a knife and stab him in the throat. The thought scares me, yes, but what really truly terrifies me to my soul is the instant sense of calm it brings me. I feel a wash of relief pull all that rage right back down through my body and away. I feel like the most relaxed person in the world at that moment. And that is enough to make me petrified for myself. But it is also enough to make me realise you need to get out now. It was the first time I had experienced what I call my light bulb moment. So. What led me to this extremely dark thought? Four years of living with an abusive narcissist. Did I get out? Yes. Was it hard? Extremely. Did I leave right away? No. Why? Well, let me tell you my story. Hello there. Welcome to the first official full episode of IPV and Me. I'm so glad that I'm finally recording this. I feel like I've been waiting so long to do this and finally I have done it. I'm so happy. If you're here, welcome. Um, it is May, mid-May. It's weather in New York is just amazing right now. Um, I love always that first week of like solid really good weather where you just know this is it now it's going to be nice for the next few months 
Um, I'm such a summertime girl. Um, I get so excited this time of year. Beginning of summer makes me so happy. I love the heat. I love the warmth. I love being warm all the time. I love knowing I don't have to take a jacket with me wherever I go. Um, I think growing up in Ireland, you just crave nice weather. Like Ireland is so unpredictable weather-wise. Like it could be, you literally can get four different seasons in one day sometimes in the space of a few hours so that's what i love about new york um is it's so predictable weather-wise seasonal weather i love it so uh, i know some people don't like the extreme heat so um now's the time to prepare yourself guys gonna be a long few months of ha 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 but i'm ready for it um so anyway uh my first episode i want to speak about the very beginnings of abusive relationships before you even have any idea you are in an abusive relationship um i first of all want to start and just make clear that when i refer to abusers i usually use uh he pronouns simply because my abuser was male so it's just easier for me to speak from my point of view um obviously yes i know men also get abused um people from all walks of life get abused gay straight um it's you know it's all inclusive but that's just my own perspective so that's all i can speak from um Clearly, yes, men do get abused. The statistics are far, far higher for women. Um, it is, in fact, one in four women, one in nine men. Um, so, firstly, I'll say there's no specific types of women who are targeted by abusers. Everyone, everyone is vulnerable to abuse, no matter where you're from. You can be rich, successful, beautiful, confident, smart, independent. We really need to get rid of this stereotype of abuse victims being uh timid weak quiet shy soft-spoken it is simply not true um you know look at famous women that we know who were victims of abuse such as uh nicole brown smith obviously a really famous case um fka twigs very recently has come out about her abuse um halle berry rihanna um to name just a very very small few um and just like there is no one face of a victim there is also no one face of an abuser you know they're not always a monster in appearance um they're not someone who you know is is like a the bad guy someone who constantly flies into a rage for seemingly no reason um in fact if anything these uh men can appear extremely normal um charming friendly handsome funny someone you would want to spend your time with i often think you know we're so busy looking for the monster um that we look past uh, the regular joe if you are a line of duty fan you'll know recently the season six finale was um was a, a perfect example of that you're so busy looking for the the stereotype of the bad guy that you look past the the regular guy that's you know just there in the background all the time um so today i specifically want to talk about love bombing I think love bombing is a term that I've been hearing a lot more lately. It's a term that I only learned in recent years um, when I was studying more about abuse. Um, uh, So love bombing is defined as 
an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection. It happens when someone overwhelms the victim with loving words or physical actions with manipulative behaviours. So I'll give some examples of that. Um, And these are, majority of these were things that I went through also. Um, You know, they are constantly showering you with gifts, you know, flowers, whatever it is, uh, for no reason at all, constantly complimenting you, um, calling you, texting you, you never have to question if this guy is going to respond to your text. And that is a, a huge thing, I think, for a lot of people is, oh, why doesn't he text me back? And then you never have to worry about that with an abuser. And, you know, you see that then as like, wow, like he actually texts me back. This is such a thing. I th- the bar is so low, honestly, ladies. Like what, what, what we do with? I can't even, I can't even. Um, they may say that they love you very early on. Um, they're very interested in you and your life, always asking questions about you. Um, they seem to hang on everything you say. And then because they're listening so intently to you, you tend to open up a lot to them. Um, you may believe that no one has ever understood you the way that he does. You feel special. Um, every uh, fellow uh, abuse survivor that I've spoken to, and I've mentioned previously that I work with a survivor network, um, they all use the terms uh, Prince Charming, Knight in Shining Armor, Man of My Dreams, Never Met Anyone Like This Before, etc., etc. Always, always, always terms that I hear used again and again and again um you know the patterns really are there everyone's case is different everyone's story is different but the patterns are always 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 very similar um so how i met my abuser i knew him for many years before we got together um our best friends were a couple and we would just you know obviously bump into each other quite a lot um particularly like on nights out um you know, we would all kind of end up in the same group at the end of the night. Um, and we always got on so well, like always, always, always got on like a house on fire. Um, in fact, you know, I always kind of had a little bit of thing for him and I learned that he did for me too, but we were always kind of in our own relationships. I was like in a long-term relationship. He was in a long-term relationship. When I was single, he was with someone. When he was single, I was with someone. And it was just constantly like that for years and years. I think we probably knew each other for like, at least six seven years before we got together um and then you know how we got together was like there was a lot kind of complicated situation um it wasn't the most straightforward of things in fact it was quite a lot of alarm bells looking back um I won't get into that too much now it's just it's just a long complicated story um but you know we just ended up at one time getting very very close for a few months and then we just kind of ended up together and then it was literally we were together ever since literally every single day um and you know the love bombing was very much there for me um you know I really was like and I'm not somebody that you know I had been in uh, quite a long-term relationship before that I was with a guy for five years and you know I was happily single for like a year year and a half after that and I'm someone that when I'm single I love being single like I love to be single I'm very independent I love like me time um, so I'm never like looking for a guy ever, ever, ever. I don't think I ever have, to be honest. Um, so like when 
you know, it would have been quite unusual for me to even be thinking of the Prince Charming man in my dreams because I'm not someone that ever like thought of my wedding or like having kids and like, you know, the complete opposite that if anything and still now at 35 I feel like that um but uh you know even the fact that I was saying that and I was like oh this is it this is the guy that I'm gonna marry and like I was saying that very very early on granted I had known him for a few years but I hadn't known him that well so it was very like even though we had known each other a long time it the first like couple of months were very very fast very quick like everything was moving so fast we were pretty much living together right away like I was constantly at his place um we're always together and when we weren't together if he was working like we were texting all day constant contact with each other um and then he told me he loved me like very 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 early on um and you know I thought I felt the same way too and you know it was very much all happy days for me 100% I really was couldn't fault it at all it was perfect um but then you know nothing is ever perfect um so yeah it was um it was very like quick very fast um and you know something that most abusers start doing is you know they're love bombing you so much and there it's constant like attention on you and um wanting to know about you and your life and you know your problems and like you know what keeps you up at night and everything um and then like they never really reveal that much in the beginning about themselves but then suddenly like one day they will just start opening up to you um very very often abusers will come from an abusive family um themselves maybe they had an abusive parent um it's very often a factor um with narcissists um which my abuser very much was a narcissist um they can either be really really neglected by their parents or they can be the opposite scale of that and be you know completely and utterly like consumed by their parents like they get everything they want um and all the rest of it so uh, it's like it tends to be one extreme or the other um I remember very specifically when my ex opened up about his relationship with his parents and he very much idolized his dad but he had a very rocky relationship with his mom like he had told me she was quite abusive when he was younger um you know they had a very close relationship from what I could see at that point in time like they saw each other every day but you could still feel there was sometimes a lot of tension there like he would looking back now like I mean he would call her just horrendous names even when you know they weren't arguing or anything but like when he would speak about her he would use like you know the worst of the worst names that you can call a woman and I know that you're you know what I'm talking about not the b word the other word um like he would call her that all the time and looking back that's like huge it's like I don't care what your parent did to you you just don't say that it's just you know I remember feeling taken aback by it and obviously knew there was a lot of anger there but it was only kind of in the years after that I was like wow that was a real um red alert right there um so you know he was opening up and he was telling me specific stories and you know I just remember um feeling really sad for him and like um 
feeling quite emotional and like I felt like I wanted to do everything that I could to show him that he never needed to worry about that stuff with me like I would always protect him I would always do right by him um you kind of like feel amazed that another person is trusting you and opening up to you like that you know but in fact what they are really doing is entrapping you they are testing you they want to see how empathetic you are um they'll be self-disclosing in order order to appear vulnerable and trusting to you and this false self-disclosure makes the empathetic target want to respond with trust you know basically they like i said they want you to pass the empathy test they you think that you can be his savior you can make his life better you're the only person that could help him um and then when they know that they know that they have you they have your trust um, they don't introduce the abuse right away um, like you know no abuser is ever abusive on like the first date or even the first few dates like they're not going to show their abuse right away because then you would just leave because you have no attachment to them you know if you just meet a person straight away they're abusive you're just going to be like okay I'm out of here um, you know they're very clever and they'll wait till you're secure they'll wait till you trust them um, till you rely on them and then you end up being trapped without even knowing that you're trapped and then once they have you the next phase will be introduced so then the abuse will begin to escalate but you're so trusting of the abuser that you can't even see that you're being abused um and again like i say this is a huge pattern with abusers every um abuse survivor that i've spoken to mentions some form um of this uh so it's just one of those things to kind of be wary of and look out for you know it's it's great you know not every relationship that's intense right away or you know you feel like really strong you first straight away it's it doesn't necessarily mean that they're abusive but um it's just important to kind of i think hold a little bit of yourself back and not be so trusting right away um so yeah i'm uh gonna leave it there um i hope you found this informative and helpful it's a little short uh first episode because i know my next episode is going to be pretty long so i'm trying to keep this one short and sweet um so next episode i'm going to be talking about the early signs of abuse and how subtly the abuser starts introducing it um so yeah i hope you have a great week please spread the word follow me on instagram same title as the podcast at ipvme um if you or anyone you know needs help please contact the hotline.org or 1-800-799-SAFE see you next time